You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. April Dannon, welcome to the show. Uh, April, I know you a while. Um, I've seen some of your products there in Dunleary Market when it was um, up and running. And one of the things which caught my eye was it was like going to a curiosity shop with magic potions and wonderful remedies to help us through our day. I, at the time, I used to drink, so I remember feeling a little bit hungover and swinging down to get one of your your drinks to help me with my hangover uh, on a Sunday morning before I feasted in it to a kebab across the way. But one of the things that I like, and as you know, my wife is a nutritionist as well, and you're a nutritionist. Um, you are originally from Canada and living here in Ireland and natural based living. And why I've asked you on today and talk about natural based living, because we're, there's a bit of uncertainty going on in the world at the moment. And some people are you're looking online and people are really sort of trying to figure out who they are and what they're about. And some people are awakening and there's that sort of spiritual essence coming through is who am I and what am I about? And along with that as well, it's all about nature and on the show and we talk about, you know, connecting with nature, grounding yourself. But it's also very important of what you put into your body. So natural based living. What made you get into being a nutritionist? What made you go down that path? Um, Well, uh, one of the things that about me, I guess, just personally, is I have this obsession with growing things. And I remember being a teenager, you know, how, how people would ask you, and I ask it of my daughter now, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I used to close my eyes and say, I don't know. Every time I close my eyes, I just see fields of herbs. And I used to see lavender and things like that. And so this was always in, it's, it's like I was maybe born with it or it just followed me around. So I kind of think what it came and got me. Um, I, I didn't, I was interested in food. I've worked as a food hygiene inspector. So my background is food science and microbiology. And I worked, you know, trained extensively. So it kind of was, was natural. I farmed in Canada, just a small holding and, uh, and grew my own stuff and had raised animals for food and all of that sort of thing. Um, And it just, it just deepened from there because once you've, and of course, so then when you're interested in the land and the food, it's, it's easy to, to make a connection to the energy of things. So obviously, if you eat better, you feel better. So there's there's that immediate connection that within a day of changing your diet, mentally, spiritually, physically, it lifts you up. So that becomes obsessive. Yeah, it's immune system. And as you said, you know, a lot of the processed food that we consume out there, mm-hmm. for me, I think it's just flavored cardboard. There is no nutritional value in a lot of it, but unfortunately that the the power of marketing and advertising and the loopholes is trickery to believe people that this is yummy and delicious and makes us wholesome or home, that home cooked plastic rubber food that we believe as well. But a lot of people at the moment are all very concerned about, as you know, the world that we live in and COVID. And one thing as well, that natural based living as well as boosting that immune system. Mm -hmm. Um, You've always been healthy all your life. 
you're saying that you're developing and growing the land. And for anyone that's listening today, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's, we have this, I've learned myself, you know, I've, I've developed a little patch out the back garden and it's not easy. It's not like you just throw down a couple of seeds Mm -hmm. and let it grow. And if it's like in business, I've learned that there's a correlation between growing vegetables, gardening and running your own business. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely, absolutely agree with that. There's, um, it takes work, attending, and it isn't as simple as like certain, like say for instance, I have some rare herbs, seeds that I brought in, um, and I'm always trying to, to get some different things to grow. And so you have to be mindful of the, the type of soil, the type, the temperatures, and, and it's the same with business and the world we're living and, and ourselves. Uh, it's kind of like getting up in the morning and feeling the day or, or, you know, what is our connection with things in the world today? And of course, it does all of that, what we're going through or, or what we're facing or what we're dealing with, even if it's just to get the breakfast and get the kids ready for school, impacts and, and it impacts on our immune system. Like you had mentioned the immune system, it impacts mentally. Um, my interest, like I'm, I'm, besides being a um, nutritionist, I've studied, I've spent 35 years basically studying the things that interest me. So I have degrees and diplomas and every certifications in lots and lots of different things, including medical intuition. And intuition is, is fundamental. It's, it's your guiding force from the inside. Uh, so it's kind of like um, it can override, if you let it, something that's bad for you or doing something that's bad for you. Like we all know we shouldn't drink too much. So if we actually were very in tune with our bodies, our bodies would say, yeah, the one glass of wine with your meal, that's probably enough. Um, so, so that's listening to your intuition. But what I look at it with health in general is to try and not have separations so that the mind, the body, the spirits, the energy field could all be communicating with each other, if that makes sense. Yes, like we know, we've discovered that, you know, we have two brains, we call it now, or the brain on top of our head, our gut is a brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also now, I was speaking to Greg Braden the other week, and we were talking about, you know, the third brain, and that's our heart trinity of three each one is a functional organism on its own and communicating with the other two and food is the fuel to keeping that body going and that vibration to lift that vibration as well so the higher your vibration the healthier you are when anxiety or darkness comes upon us our vibration is low and we get sick And, and that has proven that that stress levels can can cause illness Mm-hmm. You talk about intuition there as well. And that sort of brings up a sort of a spiritual end as well. Yeah. Have you have you always been spiritual or was it something that happened to you later on in life, like most of us? Um, probably always spiritual because I, I, I can't remember ever being like I'm, I'm, you know, I was never different than I am now. I've actually changed very little. Um, but I do remember having specific times and um of awakening where like eyes were opened even further say to things that were going on in the world and and all of that um but yeah spiritual and i think again spirituality 
it's my connection with nature, it's my connection with the land. Uh, that's what drew me to Ireland is that I kept dreaming of, you know, of different things and, and literally dreaming at night and being guided to come here. Um, so I knew I was destined to come and live in Ireland. It, it was, it was uh, in, my, in my cells or cellular memory, perhaps. Uh, but yes, absolutely. A, a spiritual after a fashion. Um, I grew up in Newfoundland. So again, wide open spaces, you know, we would call it the rock. It's a very rocky, very rough, very rustic living. Um, but it establishes that connection to nature, which it would be difficult to break. So I, I can go to Dublin, for instance, and go in the city and I have a fabulous time and get my fill of the city for a day. And then I'm like, right, so now it's time to go home. Because a home is always going to be where there's wide open spaces or like today, lots of wind, lots of rain and no buildings around me. And um, that to me is part of the spiritual aspect. But then everyone, everyone has their own take on it. And that's what spirituality should be, that, that you know, everyone has their experience. I say it's ash to ashes, dust to dust. The human body is part of this earth. And when we die, my belief system is the energy then, because you can't get rid of energy, go somewhere else. But the body that was hosting this energy goes back into the earth because that's where it is of, of Mother Earth. Um, yeah. And nature for me is so important. Like I love outdoors. I love the mountains. I love, you know, watching rivers. I love occasionally on the sly hugging a tree if, if no one is here and just feeling the energy of it. Um, and I find that is very grounding yeah. um, to see as well. I'm very close to it. I love just the, the smell of the water. And also, yeah, I think nature is very important. And one thing that I hope that and I see it happening, you know, 2020 was a year of chaos. 2021 yeah. is sort of a year of um, hopefully will be a year of liberation, um, yeah. a, a year of expression, uh, a year of disclosure. But I've noticed more and more people are asking questions and more and more people are trying to ask healthier questions and questions of how do I grow this or how do I live my life? Not off grid, but connected with earth again. Are you finding that as well? I've, uh, if you were to come where I live, I've been probably living like that for a long time, maybe 20, 30 years, uh, because like I said, even in Canada, I lived on a farm. Um, I always had well water. I made sure I have well water. It's extremely important to me. Um, I grow, uh, I grow anything I can <laughs> that will grow for me. Um, but yes, I, I find that more and more people are, are seeking out that. Uh, or that experience. And, and so that's one of the most positive things that has happened in 2020 is that those that are going to be so inclined are seeking to reestablish that connection uh, because it's vital. If we're to go forward as, as healthy people, mentally, physically, spiritually, and, and what have you, we need, we can't, so, and this is where I, I kind of, shake my head sometimes though as well and i'll see on say on facebook or on twitter and somebody will say um leave nature as you found it or stay out of, stay off the grass kind of thing and i always as a herbalist I, I, i'd stop and i think you know what when i go foraging 
I feel as if the trees are saying, pick me, pick me. They're interacting. They're they're calling. They love to be disturbed. Now, obviously, I'm not breaking branches and you know and hurting them, but they they want our attention. They want that interaction because they're living. And that may sound strange, but I always feel that. Like right now, I have a big, huge. After you know, quite a few years of living here in this little place, I have a huge stand of the wild garlic and the wild leek. And it grows year by year, but I can literally feel it calling my name to come and harvest. To come, and, and I'll feel the same with the trees. So it's not about being disturbed, but nature wants, it begs that interaction from us. So we are, it's a, co, it's a co-dependency. We need each other. I would agree with that because even if you have a forest, the forest needs, if you want a forest to multiply and grow, you actually need that then to, um, yeah. you know, cut down certain trees and let it flourish as well. But yeah. are you finding it's more young people are sort of getting connected to this, or is it a multiple of all different ages right across? All different, yeah. It's it's. I think it's it's those who are destined to wake up, or 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 I, I don't even know what the triggers are. I'm sure there's more, like I know with myself, there was triggers, there were specific events. There were, there were things that you'd wake up and you just felt different or you all of a sudden you looked at the world differently. I remember 25 years ago doing ceremonies outside, like in stone circles and, and walking away going, I am not the same person. Some energy shifted somewhere. Um, and I felt different and over the coming days started to do look at things slightly differently. And so it's part of the evolution. What we're witnessing now is that it's happening rapidly. It's happening en masse. And, and hopefully now this, this, these huge pockets of, of people, these groups of people will start making different decisions. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. I don't think people realize the amount of time, effort and labor that goes into putting food on the table. You know, we walk into a supermarket and we pick up something and we go, you know, and I've noticed that if if you're looking online and people are going, oh, look what's happening in the world. We're going to have to, you know, defend for ourselves. We're going to have to learn to grow our own our, our own products and I understand that there's the romance part of it and getting off the grid, even in a, a housing estate or whatever. But the reality of it is, I says, just pretend that you something happens tomorrow with clicking my fingers yeah. and you need to survive on it. I says, a couple of pots grown on your window ledge, grown herbs isn't going to feed you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. not about living off grid and, and, you know, to feed a family, you need a couple of acres and you need to be working it as a full time job. But yeah. what it is, is you need to make sure that the education is passed down and yes. the supply chains are kept going. And it's yeah. the natural products that are going like in Ireland alone. We make enough food in Ireland to feed 25 million people, yeah. period. I believe it. I believe you it. Know? So we th- we need to sort of look at that and then kind of go, instead of just feeding those quick fixes, because that's what we've, we've been educated for quick fixes, you know, instant gratification, ping, it's ready out of the microwave. And this whole process, I think, is maybe is bringing us not back to basics. Back to basics will we'll wipe 50% off the planet. 
but it's back to basics where makers appreciate and understand and mm-hmm. have a better choice and that comes then into education and that's one of the things that you do as well education process as well yeah i i um I keep my dream is to have my own university. I want to have a naturopathic college um, and and that's in the works right now. And to put all of my courses that I've been teaching, of course, a lot, everything stopped with 2020, but I want to get everything online and, and whatever, you know, just follow that path. But on that, that vein of, of um, surviving and stuff years and years ago, when my children were small, I actually, ran an experiment with our family and so from March until July we I said to myself I made a deal with myself I will buy meat and fish but everything else that goes with the meals needs to be foraged and of course what I did was I gave the children their porridge in the morning but what I found was that and I did it for for nearly four months um, it was nearly a full-time job foraging for a family of four to be able to, you know, the nettles. And this was in the spring when things were becoming abundant and there's wild sorrel and nettle and dandelion and garlic and leek and, and, you know, and all of that. You can eat young hawthorn leaves. There's so much available, but it was nearly a full-time job to get enough leaves and shoots and roots and, you know, there was no berries at that time of year. Um, And the only thing that I ended up craving and wanting was an onion. So I did cave after uh, a few weeks and just went, I'm buying onions because I need onion with, with all of this green. But to be honest, at the same time, a little bit of meat, a little bit of fish, loads of green, cooked, steamed, fresh, raw, every way that I could possibly think of. And, and of course, I, put, I did put herbs and spices to, to sort of wake it up a little bit. Um, I think it was life changing. I was so healthy. I re- and I felt really good, but it's a full time job. It, it spent. It took me hours every day to yeah, for it, and, and that's where it is. It's the romance mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like people. Yeah. It's like people go, oh, I'm going to open up a B and B somewhere, or I'm going to open up a little restaurant somewhere, and they have this romantic idea that it's beautiful. And they then realize when they have it, it's 24 seven. It's not, you know, the bills, the stress, it's the romance goes out of it. So there's the thing I can understand why in Ireland, you know, the main supplement was potato for a lot of people because you you grow them, you harvest them. They last for months, you know, they once are in a cold, dry area, they last for months. And they've got all those nutritional value as well. That's one thing. I think, you know, there's, there's another element of it why the famine hit. And yeah. I, you know, I believe that was genocide as well because of all mm. the other produce were taken out of the country. But it's a main stable that, you know, if you're foraging. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if you're foraging, <laughs> have some potatoes grown in your garden and some <laughs> onions for flavor as well on it. Yeah. Well, now mostly when we forage, it, it is to supplement and to kind of like we're doing the spring cleanse or the spring detox. But I would highly recommend anyone like what I did um, was I just found my little patches. And so I know where things are growing and I go back year after year. But the interesting thing, tying back to this nature loves to be disturbed and interacted with, is that the more I harvest from my my wild leeks and my wild garlic and my sorrel, the more it grows. 
So every year these patches have gotten bigger because we're harvesting and we're using them. Yeah. So you you are rewarded. It's amazing. This interaction is it's like talking to your plants. It's the same thing. They're, they are beings that, that hear you. There was a great documentary, Natural Farm. It was on, on TV and it was a people who decided to get out of California and they w- wanted to grow a land and it was just barren. And they wanted to turn this into a farm and they wanted to do an eco farm. And they basically took them seven years to get mm. this right. And they were told yeah. this will take seven years, a seven year cycle. You know, so they have the chickens. There's a dog guards the chickens. There's a dog guarding the sheep. The geese eat all the slugs off all the apple yeah. trees. You know, and owls have now landed and nesting to catch the rodents. And it's seven years and there was a big forest fire and everything went big forest in California and all the other farms got burnt. Theirs, theirs was saved out of all this. It's a good and, it makes you wonder if theirs was saved because it was ecologically sound. Yeah, it was. You know, yeah, in, in that yeah. it was protected. It yeah, protected it, itself. On all other farms. But when you went on that experiment and you were foraging, yeah. when you came off that, yeah. did you again go, okay, we're going to really start growing our own vegetables and we're going to start growing our own stuff in our own garden? Is that where the path, is that what happened next? No, no, I, I actually, I, because I grew up in Newfoundland, um, I would have grown up growing vegetables. So I can't actually remember ever not growing. So even when I was 21 years old, when everybody else was out partying on the weekend, I would probably have been tilling the soil and planting. Even if it was in pots and and wherever I was, I, I've always grown. So even that, when I when we did that experiment, uh, I still had I had my own herbs, my own spices, and things like that. Um, and I did have it, extensive gardens, yeah, growing. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning. I'm I'm growing our own microbes in a big tank of water outside mm-hmm. using um, rice. So I, I'm using that well water, gas in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm tinkering around at the moment solar panels so right. just to yes. have a look with solar panels and these are all just curious things but the, the, the garden part of the growing is like I had 10 lovely cabbages out there and as you can see my dog ate them all ate them all so now I have to figure out how to fence all that off and everything you know so yeah. what would you say is you're saying it's time consuming to grow all yeah. these and it is the satisfaction mm-hmm. i know it when you're eating something and it's coming from the garden that's that huge satisfaction yeah. is there a major cost saving on growing your own stuff because stuff is as cheap yeah. it's cheap it's, that's that's yeah. it you know we can buy anything coming like we can buy greens um coming in from kenya for a euro so mm-hmm. is it is it more just because you know that you're eating more of that healthy stuff than yes. cost factor. Cost there's factor. no at the moment. There's no cost savings. Like if, if like if you had to go and buy tunnels and and do the labor and all of that and buy the seeds. Um, some people have to buy the soil and and fertilizers. So certainly getting it started, there's going to be a cost. My thinking has always been forgotten skills. So we we want that. I wanted my children to know uh, planting seeds and you will grow something that's edible. And I'm always pointing out, well, they've grown up to be like, you can eat that. You can you can pick that. Um, 
my thing, because I haven't always been healthy, actually, even though I've, I've lived close to the land and I grew up like in Newfoundland, we would have grown up, my, my father would have hunted. So in, in northern Canada, uh, I don't think I even ate beef until I moved to Toronto when I was 18. We wow. would have eaten moose and caribou and wild game was the mainstay fish of our diets. And we used to, I remember going, we used to be ashamed, you know, because it was in, in Canada, it was kind of like, are, are we poor? Because we're eating so much game. Um, but, but that was what was available. And so I had a pretty healthy diet. And like I said, we raised our own food. We grew our own vegetables. Um, everything was local. There would, wouldn't have been pesticides and things like that. And so I just kind of carried that on. It's kind of like the old fashioned gardens and small holdings here. The but same thing. That's the thing. It, it's the cost end because like I grown tomatoes and I'm doing the calculation, you know, the, the feed and the pots and the plants. Like I've grown <laughs> them from tomatoes. I said, I'm spending more money growing the tomatoes than actually just going down the road and buying them, you know. Yes. But it's the, it's yeah. that pleasure. Um, you saw talking about moose and everything. Tell me this. Are you skilled in jerky? Not jerky, but I'm a good butcher. <laughs> good butcher, yeah. No, I, I, from my time when in America um, yeah. and have friends there who used to make the jerky. Um, yes, stuff, uh, yeah, what, very it, popular. Very popular. Yeah. Now, you can buy it here, but it's I'm sure it's processed to, to death. So if if you said yes, my, I would have been placing an order with you now. Yeah. <laughs> what I what I remember about like what I and what I do now and, and, I've taught, like, and, and I've actually somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago what I teach it online is I grew up bottling and canning. So we would have called it canning. But even meat was bottled and jarred. Everything was bottled. Pickled. Uh, everything. Not pickled. No, no. It was It was, um, It was. was cooked and bottled. So Preserved, for storage. So yeah, Preserved for rot, storage. Rot, rotted, yeah. So, yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. So everything, everything was bottled. So if you open my press, I have jams and pickles and stuff. And I bottle things. Uh, and, I, and I have always you know so i carried on yeah we're probably blessed here as well like we have a local butcher and you can see him bringing in the sheep mm. you know and everything is natural and yeah. you know from from local produce so most of the stuff that you purchase there and everything is done on site so it's, it's nice having that let's just jump back here um immune systems and i think that's you know is very important you know our body is designed to take bugs in and take viruses yeah. in and our body is designed to you know to strengthen that immune system to build what would you say to somebody who wants to really have that we know about exercise and you know drinking and what what would you say to someone that you know food wise to help them build their immune system what not to do and what to do Okay, so food-wise, one of like I work with for some strange reason a lot of TB patients. They're like I'm in farming country, so even though we're told TB is eradicated, it certainly is not. So once they get through the medical system, they often end up in my clinic uh, to help mop up the the you know the after effects of, of very strong medications and things like that. But what we focus on then is the immune system. And rebuilding, like, why did it happen? What's going on? Why, like, every one of us has been exposed to TB. We've had inoculations and stuff um, as children, most of us. But um, 
when a person actually develops symptoms, there something has affected their immune system. Something has has really, you know, seriously, their immune system has gone down. So it's it's long been an interest to me. One of the like the simplest foods for boosting your immune system is clean water. So we we don't put a lot of stock. Like I, I've even said to people, sometimes they'll come in and, I, and, and they have a headache or they have tension. And I'll say, have a glass of water before you do anything. Often, if you're feeling indecisive in life, have a glass of water. You know, we're, we're 70% water. So water quality is, is number one because we are so much water. But then when it comes to foods, blueberries, but are, are, you know, any kind of berry that's very rich, certainly blackberries that are growing here. But one of my favorite rapid immune boosters is raw garlic. So when I mentioned, you know, earlier that it's been decades since I've taken medication or, or certainly, you know, antibiotics and stuff, um, my antibiotic, if I felt I was coming down with something, say a kidney infection or something years and years ago, um, I've come to realize that when I treat myself with, and I'm talking like medicinal doses of, of garlic. So I would actually put crushed raw garlic, let it stand to activate the enzymes in it, and then add it to mashed avocado or, or raw yogurt or something like that and consume it. And I wouldn't eat anything else for the day. I would just eat this raw garlic, maybe on, on rice cakes or something as a medicine. To treat now, I'm talking. I've taken up to 28 cloves in a day uh, of raw garlic um, to in order to treat something. So garlic will boost your white blood cell count. It would. The interesting thing is when I was doing my master's uh, in nutrition, I uh, I had to submit a paper on um, immune system, something to do with the immune system, and I ended up coming across this wide body of research where people actually studied doctors at the time in World War I. And of course, what they most of the research was case studies and the soldiers that were wounded and they were able to actually chew. So they were, they were wounded, say, on an arm or a leg. And if they were able to chew raw garlic, what the doctors and the medics observed was that within the hour, they could smell the garlic in the open wounds and they would be able to identify which which soldiers were given the raw garlic to chew. And of course, the outcomes were so much better for them. And it didn't take a lot of garlic, but the garlic had it worked with the intelligence of the body somehow. And it went to the site of in infection. There's nothing else that does that, but herbs do that. So that's what I, that's got, you know, keeps me endlessly fascinated with herbs. It's that, um, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at this. Look, it's that discovery and yeah. that discovery when you find it, stuff like that, you go, oh, that's brilliant on it. Talking about garlic. I always wondered why we grew up but oh, the smell of garlic. Oh, you know, yeah. like we only learn, oh, that smell because someone else said it and that's planted yeah. into our heads. Yeah. And like I know people that, that would take garlic every day. And I was going, yeah. really? Does that the smell? They said after doing it for a period of time, that smell goes. It's it doesn't exist anymore. He says, yeah. really? He says, yeah, it's just the, the body. But I'm always fascinated that, you know, garlic is a love is is excellent in taste. And then it has so many different other properties as well. But we've been trained to go, ew, don't, don't, that smell of that. That's terrible. And vampires. That's why. That's yeah, why the, the, vampires, the, the yeah. vampires. There's some sort of story there. 
why vampires and garlic on it because it oozes right through your body on it. But, but the other thing too is the connection with vampires is garlic is an excellent blood cleanser. So there's a connection with blood, just like beetroot. Beetroot is a blood cleanser, but it's not necessarily an immune booster. One of the other uh, immune boosters that I love, which is good for all ages, is elderberry. And it's something so simple, so readily available, and you can preserve it. So we preserve it in vinegars, in syrups or dried elderberries, to, you know, in teas. And, and no matter how it's preserved, it's been shown in, in so many studies and so much research to boost the white blood cell count, to actively boost the white blood cell count. It's an amazing herb. Yeah, no, uh, elderberry are ama- is amazing. Um, yeah. With honey can be a tonic mm. that we used to, if the kids were getting a sniffle, give them a yeah. spoonful of elderberry yeah. and honey and gone. Gone. whatever yeah, would be gone exactly. yeah, so I, I would agree yeah. on that hopefully we'll, we'll know then you know everyone smelling a garlic in the next week or so garlic sales have gone up, gone up on it. you're listening to joe dalton on dublin south fm crossing the rubicon where do you think mankind is going within the next couple of months? Your own, your own sort of, your own yeah. thoughts on it. It's hard to say. Like you couldn't make it up. Like you know what I mean. Um, you, you, somebody who's written a novel and somewhere there's a happy ending. That being said, what I tell myself is that change is messy. So what I see is that we're going to be locking heads with people who have specific ideas, um, and We've got a lot of people waking up. So we're, we're using that term, you know, pretty loosely maybe sometimes, but waking up and realizing, hang on, I'm actually responsible for my health. And if I eat well, exercise, make sure I get vitamin D, get outside and get fresh air. And, uh, and then if I get a cold, that's fine. That's normal. Uh, things like that are normal. Um, but I can, I'm still a healthy human being. There's no disease process that I'm currently undergoing. Um, so what I see is that people are, are probably going to wake up to taking more responsibility for them, for their health and for themselves and maybe for their lives. Like, like we talked about food systems and, 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 you know, those are responsibilities as well. So perhaps like we were going to, we had this all planned for this winter. It hasn't happened because as you know, we're all in lockdown, but when when I talked about like tunnels, so I have two good friends. We all have uh, polytunnels. And what we were going to be doing in January, February was having a tunnel day where we'd all sort of descend on each other's gardens and get the work done in a day or two and then go to the next and then to go to the next garden and of course we haven't been able to do that because we're we're not able to to travel around and 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 even though we're relatively close together but as soon as those restrictions are lifted that's still the plan so that i go to my friend's place and i help her and then equally she comes back and say like a day of weeding or a day of planting or a day whatever needs doing And, and Many hands make light work. I but like so that. I, I, I do see things like that becoming more. We're, and, and for the first time in a very long time, I feel as if I'm more connected to my community. I, I've, you know, these, these, we've solidified friendships and allegiances. 
and people who are like-minded were finding each other. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well, that people were sort of resonating with, because of, you know, energy base and everything is energy. And, yeah. you know, that toxicity, which I talk about a lot is, you know, can get into you and it's best to just get rid of them, delete mm-hmm. them out of your life. And then you vibrate towards those other people where energy goes, energy flows. Yeah. And you talk about belief systems. You know, I have a belief system. You have a belief system. I don't, I'm not trying to push my belief system on you. You're not trying yeah. to push it on me. And and that's where it is. I think everyone is entitled and everybody is right yeah. in their own belief system. It's when that belief system is pushed on you. Yes. That's when it's an issue. And that's yeah. governments trying to push that belief system yeah. on you or large corporations trying to push that, that belief system on you, yeah. where you have to stand back mm-hmm. and go, you know what? I'm a sovereign human being. And I choose to be me in my life. I'm not doing anybody any harm. I'm not causing anybody any grief. Mm -hmm. I am just me. And I think that's what's what's evolving out of this, that we're really sort of the people that you can say awakening or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people are sort of really sort of going within. And the more that you do that, I think the better your day is, the better your day is really, really and truly on it. Yeah. 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 Like in, in talking about corporations, like, again, from a food perspective, like as I've studied food systems uh, extensively, it wasn't so very long ago when Kellogg's, which started out as a health farm and a health you know, industry way back you know, 100, over 100 years ago, they decided that they were going to uh, inform people that eating cornflakes, for instance, was good for you first thing in the morning. And so now we've had generations where lots of people, and even today, think that cereal is the way to start the day when it's not necessarily like we talk about belief systems. It doesn't suit me and it doesn't suit my kids. So I give them other things to start the day. Actually, a smoothie suits me down to the ground or, you know, or, but you know, these, I have yeah. every morning for breakfast religiously, I have a chopped up mushroom which i usually leave on the window ledge to get the vitamin d in it okay i have spinach yeah two two small tomatoes and a sweet pepper fried with an egg Mm -hmm. now my wife looks at it and goes how can you eat that muck and then a slice of sourdough bread and a cup of coffee i have that every every morning every morning on it yeah and it suits you it suits you and it's not something out of a box which you might as well be eating the cardboard. But see, that's how big corporations influence. And the influence is so pervasive that 100 years later, we don't realize we've been influenced. Yeah, but it's it's like chocolate bars. Like it was Mars came up with the idea that, you know, a, a break between breakfast and lunch was a break and then between lunch and dinner. And it was filled with a bar of chocolate to get you through that you know, yeah. sugar, pick me up. They're, mm-hmm. they're all just yeah. marketing. Yeah, <laughs> just it, marketing. It is completely, yeah. I, I love the idea that you do foraging. Um, yeah. Where we live, I believe it is great foraging here. There's a guy I'm going to try and, and reach out to you, but you do foraging um, and you do online classes and you yeah. also sell a lot of products as well. If someone wanted to reach out or someone wanted to look on your site or, or get in touch, what's the website address? April? Yeah, the website is simply aprildannon.com and it's been up there for years and years and years. Um, and under shop or wellness, 
there's at least there's well over a hundred different products. Um, my products are quite unique. I pretty well make everything from start to finish, and they're I call them naturopathic grade. So they're they're I'm bringing all of my education, all of my training, all of my interests together. So my apple cider vinegar, for instance, is actually infused with very strong, you know, lovely herbs. So you're going to have the, like the bitter herbs is actually bitter uh, or the fire tonic is, is actually a blood cleanser uh, the way it was meant to be. So I've, I've spent years researching old literature, devising and developing my own recipes. So people would know me. Um, and to be honest, I've, I've spent 13 years in the markets, farmer's markets. Um, and people would often know me Oh, there's the vinegar lady, uh, because like you, you described my stall, my market stall unintentionally is literally like walking into uh, an apothecary. It's an old fashioned apothecary. Look, yeah, look I've, yeah. I've, and I know you have a massive following and people purchase all the time because, look, there's a natural glow and there's a natural energy about you as well um, and the stuff that you do. I have two questions I want to ask you before we wrap it up. Um, What's your thoughts on this whole GMO being pushed? Oh, um, GMO is something that has been sneaking in. And I think for the most part, people have no idea that. Now, again, this is my food science hat on here. Um, a lot of people are unaware, that even though GMOs may be banned, they're in all your cheese, unless it's labeled organic and non-GMO rennet. All the GMO is in and animals, even some of the organically raised animals, because it's difficult. So say, for instance, I, I usually raise turkeys um, here and just a few turkeys for our own use. And I would have to have special order to get non-GMO feed for the animals. So mm. it's being and, and that annoys me no end that you, you often don't have a choice. It's not on a label that that, uh, that meat was raised on genetically modified uh, grain. Um, it can still be passed as organic, even though some of the feed is genetically modified. The, that being said, uh, so as you can see, I have a huge opinion here. Um, even the soy, I remember looking at a, um, a research article. This is, this is years ago, that this is 14, 15 years ago, where they, they actually tested um, soy that was organic in the shops and the tofu or something like that and every one of them bar one this is 15 maybe even more years ago was contaminated with gmo through adjacent fields so they they weren't you know they were grown organically and it was organic soil but they were being cross cross contaminated yeah, because of the nature on it and i think, I think a lot of people horrible. Like yeah. our, our wheat is GMO mm -hmm. because the wheat stalks used to be high and to reduce yeah. them. I'm sort of looking at that GMO, which is those seeds now that are being developed as well. So it's it's something to to watch out for. It is. Yeah. And the last question I'll, I'll ask you for for today is looking back at your life, would you have changed anything and what have you learned? Oh, wow. What would you pass on the generation listening? I think every family needs to have um, a herbalist, every, like even like in what I call it as family herbalist, so that that person is uh, like we used to have, you know, every community would have had a midwife and every community would have had a herbalist or whatever, but it's someone designated to pass on 
the information or to ensure that the children are taught. Um, I would tear down the systems and start over. Um, what would I pass on or, or what would I change? I guess I couldn't look back and change anything because everything I've been through, and I've been through some harrowing experiences, including health stuff as well, um, it's taught me. Like, so even I, I had cancer, so I'm a DES daughter. Here's, here's a, here's, here's where you get my, um, get me coming, my fire coming out. Uh, if, if people look up DES, diethyl stilbestrol. So before I was born, basically, my mother was offered what she was told was a vitamin. Um, because it was to prevent miscarriage. She'd had previous miscarriages. So long story short, she trusted her doctor. She took the vitamin. It wasn't a vitamin. It was a synthetic estrogen. And she was pregnant with me at the time. So years later, when I went, I didn't know any of this. I wouldn't have thought to ask until I went to, to try and get pregnant with my own children and found out through a very astute uh, doctor in the Netherlands, you are likely a DES daughter, see what you can find out. And I'm like, what's that? So when we've got medical experiments and people are not being informed appropriately, and it seems to happen every generation that there's something, thalaminamide, uh, then the DES, and now, you know, we've got a whole other, uh, you know, pile of questions. Yep. Um, you know, coming at us is my thing would be to to make sure that people are asking questions, but also it goes back to take responsibility for your health. And so yeah. that's why my drive in force to not put take medications. I want full responsibility for my health that, that I'm, I, and it's like I said, every day I wake up and my thinking is often I'm healthier today than I was yesterday. And I don't realize that. Yeah. It's interesting because thalidomide was, you know, it was a a injection for anyone that doesn't know that was um, the cure for morning sickness. And a lot of women got it. And unfortunately, uh, when their children were born, they were born deformed, no arms or legs or. Yeah. Um, and the producer of that at the time was saying this is the, the next greatest thing. And, and yes. people believed it. So it's always about being cautious. It's all about understanding our our history tells us so much about what is today and yeah. it's about research the data the data will never lie and yeah. only we will find out later on when long-term studies are produced so that's that's caution that's caution and that's that's yeah. me myself and my my body is mine. And that's very, very important as well. You know, and one of the other things too, is like, even just to, if, if there's any takeaway from what we're going through is that you can put your faith in nature fully. Yeah. She, you know, she doesn't let us down. We are nature. Like a lot of people will be listening to this and they'll be going, yeah. Oh, you know, nature crap. And we've heard that our government have called certain stuff quack. Um, and farmer would rather lobby for them just to have synthetic, you know, tested. Yeah. But if you want to get back down to really, we are, you know, nature and mm-hmm. nature. There is there is a part of it, I believe. And as I'm looking into this, that has been hidden from us um, has been kept away. And that's been kept away because there is stuff out there that grows that can protect us. You know, yes. it's like aloe vera for burns or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's all this sort of stuff that 
I think more and more people are, are starting to realize that we are one. We are one with nature. We, we are. And we and, have and, survived yeah, for millennia. Yeah. And you know, yeah, we all have yeah. stories of our grandmothers having making up poultices to put on something to draw it out, or your grandmother would tell you, you know, your mum this and it was passed on, and that's slipping away. Like, I don't, one of the things I've noticed as well, people don't ask their grandparents' advice yeah. anymore, they yeah. jump online and they ask people in a group, and people then will share that information. And hopefully, that is a way of. You know, the remedies of, of yes. our ancestors will be held. We're, we are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. We haven't really changed as a human being in the last thousand years. Going back before Julius Caesar, you know, we are still the same people. I think the only evolution is the evolution of our mind. That's is the, the next step mm-hmm. forward. And yeah. Mother Nature was we were was keeping us alive and helping us well before a lot of pharmaceuticals were on oil-based products oil-based products but that's a different day that's a different day april uh just give us your website address again there please it's aprildannon.com and i can be found right now i'm in skibbereen farmer's market every saturday Excellent. Um, yeah, because Dunleary is closed. Dunleary as well. You have, you can get your They're products. They're closed. They're closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will. Yeah. They will. And does any of the shops in Dunleary, they have that? I know. Um, there's... Art of Eating has my vinegars and, and oh, a brilliant. few things. Yeah. 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 April, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. And remember, here at Dublin South FM, we're interviewing plenty of people around the world conscious leaders and that's why we have the conscious business podcast which is part of the conscious business academy offering purpose profit and prosperity in your life through soulful selling mindful marketing conscious leadership and creative culture you want to reach out to me it's joe you have an awesome week and take care and look after yourself